Real quick, everybody, before we get into today's episode, I just want to let you all know that Mac and I are taking on three new members for the month of February. If you are somebody that wants real change, and I mean real change, then make sure you hit the link in the show notes and apply now. This isn't for everybody. This is a fully immersive experience. Before you even sign up, we sit down with you and go over your goals. And then we put in a plan to make sure you achieve them. Once you sign up, you get all the workouts you need, all the nutrition guidance, and we make sure you have everything in place to hit your daily habits to achieving those goals. So if you want to stop messing around and actually achieve your goals this year, make sure you hit the link in the show notes and apply now. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the In Situ Health and Fitness Podcast. On the Friday show, we wrap the week up with interesting facts, teachable moments, and fun things that will help you achieve your health and fitness goals. I am looking forward to today's episode. A couple of good topics there. We're going to be talking about testicles. It's like your favorite thing to talk about, I swear. <laughs> but before we get there, I want every single person listening to think about how they heard about this podcast. So how did you hear about this podcast? Was it through social media, the email list, Google search? How else would they hear about it? Just looking on the Spotify or whatever the podcast platform app is that you use. Exactly. Maybe you've seen a five-star review and a positive comment about this podcast. So however you found this podcast, I want you to go and pass that on to one person. So if you did see a five-star review and a positive comment, and you're like, well, that was a good comment. I'm going to listen to this podcast. Then please go ahead and do that. If you've seen it on social media, tag one person in a post or just send one of the posts about the podcast that we make, slide it in there to their DMs. Then they can listen to it and help them reach their health and fitness goals. If every single one of you just share it with one other person, it does help this podcast grow and we appreciate it quite a lot. Um, And thank you all in advance for doing that. On the topic of goals, we were talking to a client this week about setting goals in the gym and not setting goals, but still wanting to exercise for like the mo- the endless benefits that exercise gives you, right? So this client doesn't necessarily have any specific aesthetic goals or weight goals or anything like that, but she really just wants to exercise regularly so that she lives longer, so that she avoids disease, so that she feels good. And she said that to me because on Tuesday I recorded a show about, what was my show about? (laughs) Changing your behavior. And the first thing that I mentioned was make sure you set clear and specific goals. And then she's like, well, 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 I don't necessarily have clear and specific goals, but I want it to be like a part of my behavior to exercise every day. Mm. And I was like, wow, that is a very good point. And I also don't really set clear and specific goals. So... I just wanted to dive in a little bit about into what to do if you don't necessarily have an aesthetic goal, but you still want to exercise. If you just want to live a long, healthy life and just be a healthy person. Yeah. Yeah. So my suggestion is, and what I personally do, because I don't necessarily have a weight goal or I'm not trying to go to a bodybuilding competition or what is, what is it called? Bikini, that bikini competition that a lot of people strive for, but... I just want to feel good and live forever, right? Mm. So 
what I try to do is set myself smaller goals that aren't necessarily like I'm exercising to lose five kilos. I just set goals that are usually performance based or streak based, which is or what streak based. Oh, so yeah. I set a goal of I want to move for a minimum of 35 minutes every day for as long as I can. And that's the goal to keep the streak going mm. because then it keeps me motivated and I still am working towards something. It's still measurable. I can still see if I am making progress like in creating that habit of yeah. working out every day. I think people underestimate that because you might get to 20 days and then you miss a day and you're like, oh, 20 was my maximum. And then the next time you try it, you're like, you got something to work towards. Yeah, exactly. And even if it's 21 days and then you for something, it's just, yeah, I do like that quite a lot. It just gives you that little bit of extra competitive against yourself. Yeah, definitely. And a bit of accountability without having anyone to keep you accountable. Mm. And then the other thing that I have started doing this year, because I'm not really a goal setting kind of person in general, but then also that means that I don't really hit any targets because I'm not really aiming for anything. You know, I'm just flapping about doing my thing. So I've started setting more performance based goals in the gym and not necessarily like squat 60 kilos or anything like that, but just mobility things or movement things that I can't do or that I struggle with. So an example for the last two weeks maybe is I've been working on Cossack squats. So I go to the gym to train and before I do the workout, I'll spend 5, 10, 15 minutes, depending how long I've got that day, just working on Cossack squats, like working on my ankle mobility, how deep I can get, if I can do it with weight, without weight, are my hips tight? So then I have a very clear and specific goal that I'm working on. Like I want to get as deep and strong in a Kozak squat as I can. So I still have something that I can see progress in, even though it's not necessarily a big overarching goal, like losing five kilos, it's still a goal and it's still motivating and it still gives you accountability and a reason to go back and exercise. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, just to touch on that last one that you said, it's, if you want to achieve some sort of flexibility goal, mobility goal, strength, muscle gain, whatever, do whatever you want the very like for the very first thing that you do in the in your workout, mm. because that is what your body will focus on the most. So yeah, if your goal is to get more flexible in your hamstrings and touch your toes, if you do that before every workout for a minute and do just do different variations of that for every single workout, your body prioritizes that and yeah. makes that more important than everything else so you get more flexible in that area so i do i try and say that to my clients so if you if you are like some people struggle to squat in depth so Kozak squat is a good example of that of trying to get good at you know squat depth try just holding a squat for a minute before every single workout and you you will get better so and yeah. i think almost having those little goals that you do like or little habits, I suppose, that you're doing before your workout almost makes it a lot easier to just go and work out because you have something like you're looking forward to. And also a lot of the time, if you're just working out because you want to be healthy and feel good and stuff, it can get a little tedious, you know, because you're just going through the motions of going to the gym and just doing my workout. Whereas, I don't know, there's just something about choosing a specific movement to work on for me that is motivating almost and like if I don't feel like working out and I'm like okay I'm still going to go 
to the gym and just do like my Cossack squat exercises or ankle mobility to help improve my Cossack squat. I'm probably just going to work out afterwards because I'm already there. I'm already moving. I've already started. So it's, it's a lot easier to, I guess, stick to just having exercise for health purposes as well. Yeah. It's, do you think that's a coach thing? Because I know as a coach that me setting big goals to achieve, like if I want to run a marathon or something like that, like because I'm putting so much time and effort into everybody else's goals and helping them achieve that, I don't really have time and the motivation for my own goals. Yeah, that makes sense. probably. Because neither of us really set big, dramatic, declarative goals yeah. like that in the gym. And the client you were talking about at the start is somebody in a similar... Like, She's also a coach, an aerial coach. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I wonder if that's just a coach thing. Because I do recommend to some people, like, set a big goal, like a big goal for the individual, whether it's, you know, complete a park run running the whole time, which is 5Ks, or do a marathon, or hike this, or lift this heavy. Mm. Like, it's good to have those goals for certain clients. But, yeah, as you were talking, I was sort of thinking back about over the last, say, since I opened the gym in 2016, I haven't really had a personal goal. I competed a little bit in CrossFit, but that was just for fun. It wasn't really, I was dedicating time and effort to it. Yeah. Yeah, it's just... That's an so. interesting point, yeah. Um, oh, oh, yeah, before we move on, I just wanted to mention that we did create a goal-setting workbook. We just have been shocking at advertising it on social media, but it's brilliant. It's the It's best. so good. Um, so basically, I'll just run through like how it'll help you decide on a goal pretty much. So you'll list out a bunch of goals that you maybe want to achieve in the near-ish future and then you nail down to like the top three the top one why you want to achieve that goal then really why do you want to achieve that goal how would you see yourself when you have achieved that goal and then like we give you steps to break it down into smaller behaviors and then steps to add those behaviors into your existing routine and stuff so that it's Sort of seamless and you will start to work towards whatever the goal you it, the goal is that you choose without it being such a big deal mm. so highly recommend that you check that out i'm pretty sure it's called reach i'm not pretty sure i am sure it's called reach your potential it's on the top of our shop website yep. make sure you check that out it is it is well worth it especially in goal setting because a lot of people don't set goals properly yeah what is up everybody just jumping in real quick to see if you're enjoying today's episode I'm sure you are, and I'm sure you're getting a lot of good, useful information out of today's episode. So Mac and I would really appreciate it if you pass this episode on to a friend, family member, anybody who you think would get something out of this episode as well. It would seriously take about 10 seconds to copy and paste this show link and send it over to them. You're going to improve their life and you are going to help us out a lot. Podcasts generally grow from word of mouth. So by sharing this episode just with one person, it will help us reach a bigger audience. And that means we can help more people with their health and fitness journey as well. So thank you in advance and let's get back to the show. All right, testicles. Here we go. All right, so Mac shared a Instagram reel with me the other day from the Huberman Lab saying how having your phone next to your testicles will impact, he was talking about fertility, 
and which obviously testosterone comes into that. So how having your phone next to you can affect your fertility, so your sperm count and decrease, which in not direct, but in hand, hand in hand sort of. Yeah, affects your uh, hormone levels as well, testosterone mm. levels. So, so when you say next, you he was talking about front pocket sort of phone people, right? Yeah, I freaked out a little bit because at the moment um, I'm trying to count every step I do, so I've been having my phone in my pocket a lot. More than I normally would. Um, so when I see that, I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> do all these other things. <laughs> um, so I thought it was just a good topic to talk about because everybody does carry a phone with them. And although this study was done on males and about the male genitals, you could say the same thing for females. Mm, absolutely. Um, again, a lot... Unfortunately, a lot of studies done on hormones is, are done on men because there's more money and more profit to be made from the studies or the supplements or whatever they're trying to achieve from the study because there's more money in men's sports, all that sort of stuff. I'm not saying it's good or bad, it's just how it is. So a lot of these studies aren't done on females, but I can guarantee it will still affect females. So even when we talk about testosterone, males, it's healthy for males to have a high level of natural testosterone. So say that's 900-ish for guys, Females still have to have a higher level of testosterone as well. It's just lower. So say it's 300 for females. So if a female is down around 50, like points per blood, whatever you want to measure it, they're going to be very unhealthy. So a high level of testosterone for females is very healthy, but it's just a lot lower than men. Yeah. Like so, the bait, the, the max, the, the limit is a lot lower. Yeah. Like the higher end of the limit is a lot lower. Yeah. So female naturally would never be able to get to 900, which is a high level for men. Mm -hmm. But a guy would not, can't naturally get above a thousand without enhancement. And it was something to do with the heat of the phone. Even though you can't actually feel the heat, your phone still radiates heat, right? Mm. And that's what, like if your testicles are always hot, that's also a bad thing like regardless of the phone being in your front pocket or anything as well, right? Yeah, so, and the, I reckon older phones do get hotter. So as my iPhone gets older, I've found it's gotten hotter and hotter because mm. it needs more computing power to keep up with the updates. So it's working harder and harder than a new phone. So you'll find if you, your phone is older or you're starting to get a couple of generations old in a phone, it will heat up quite a lot. Um, and yet, although it might not be a lot of heat, it is still warming up that area and sending off signals and all that sort of stuff. So It's crazy how that like little warnings, I guess, there is about having like phones and Bluetooth AirPods. I've seen a little a few studies starting to come out about the effects of AirPods on your brain. Haven't read any of them yet. But I remember in high school, girls would always put their phone in their bra. Mm. so it's right against your boob like mm. right against it and it gets super hot there and it sits there like for hours and stuff like that i don't know i just why don't like there's literally no warnings is it because we don't know enough yet about the long-term damages i guess like phones haven't been around for that long well even the studies that he's referring to like a fair few studies have been done now to say yes it does there is some correlation and it's sort of like starting to add up so 
individually each study if you read them you would be like yeah it doesn't matter that much but now the studies are starting yeah. to add up enough to like oh shit it's starting to matter mm. so it's sort of like you know one of those things in 10 years time they're going to be like oh we made a mistake yeah um and look i could be wrong but it's probably one of those things where for because fertility is dropping we've spoken about this in other podcasts how it's harder and harder for females to have babies the natural testosterone levels in men around the world is dropping decade by decade so every year it's getting lower and lower by so it's starting to get harder and harder to have babies is that a correlation with technology also Mm. increasing um it's just one thing just to think about not not go drastically and change everything and put everything get rid in of a, all technology in a like a some sort of metal box in your pocket so it doesn't emit any radiation or anything like that it's just be smart about it if you are somebody that carries your phone on you all the time i know some people like tradies are probably the worst of that because they've got to have their phone in their pocket they don't have to but you know these days you've got to especially the guys in charge have to be on the phone all the time mm. organized and everything so just be mindful of where you do keep it. Um, I guess what, like, if you have to keep it on your person, back pocket would be best. Like, I know a lot of guys have the breast pocket, but then that's right next to your breast, so... Or if you wear a nail bag, put it in your nail bag. Oh, yeah. You get some sort of holder for your nail bag, so it is completely off your body and away from your testicles. Um, so, yeah, that's why I thought that was just a good topic to bring up, just because... Again, we're talking about testicles, but it could be very similar for females and yeah. the reproductive system. And there. it's something like so simple that you can just change that in the long run could make a big difference. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah. As always, these little things over 50 years do add up. Yeah. Um, done on that one? All right. Eggs. Yeah. What's this thing about eggs? <laughs> Jack, Jack learned about something about eggs like a week and a half ago, and I've been waiting to hear it for this long. Well, I, I just like studies like this because eggs have been so demonized. Yeah. Remember in the nineties, like it was almost, you could not eat eggs. Don't eat eggs because they're going to kill you. Well, I was three years old in the nineties, so not well, really. <laughs> in the, <laughs> there's, there was that meme going around a couple of years ago about that video and the guy sits down to have eggs. And then like 10 years ago, uh, he's, past self from 10 years ago comes in and don't eat those eggs because of this and that then another guy comes in from past you can eat that comes in and says oh it's okay you can eat the whites but not the and then the next guy comes in don't eat all eggs all together because they're going to kill you like it's just like eggs have gone up and down and there's a lot of research now to show that eggs are really good for you i just like this study because it brings up you know something that everybody thinks about like you know so this study was, the article um, explaining this study was, the title is, Do Whole Eggs Act Like Steroids? So basically, are eggs good for you and do they give you any, any benefit of, of other proteins? And this was actually a really good study. So the study was done on, sorry, I'm just pulling it up here. Um... Where is it? Sorry, continue. Talk amongst yourself. <laughs> Hopefully they're listening by themselves. Have you eaten eggs? Like when you were growing up, how, how were eggs in your lifestyle? Always, everywhere. We, had, we always had eggs. Like we would always, every weekend it would be like eggs and French toast, you know, cut the top off and dip the bread in the 
I don't know, they were always there, always around, quiches and stuff. Yeah, but was there any talk of don't have too many because it'll raise your cholesterol and make you fat or... My family doesn't really care about their health, so <laughs> not really. <laughs> All right, so this study was done on 30 young males and they were ran randomly assigned to two groups. So one group had three whole eggs right after training and the other group had six egg whites after training. So the okay, six... Yeah. So the protein was equal. And that's what a lot of people don't realize. So if you cut the yolk out, you lose a lot of protein. Mm. So the other group had to have six egg whites just to have enough protein, the same as three whole eggs. And you also lose all of the nutrients. Yeah, so I'll get in, they actually dive into that okay. a little bit. So um, they did it over 12 weeks. Um, everybody went through the same training program. So everything was same other than the two eggs. And the group that had the whole eggs experienced um, be these benefits over. So the group that had just white eggs mm -hmm. didn't experience this. The whole eggs experienced um, reduce in body fat percentage, increase in lean body mass, so muscle, uh, increased in testosterone and anabolic, anabolic power. So they performed better in the gym as well. Wow. Just from eating whole eggs compared to white, just the whites. And do you know everything else in their diet was controlled? Like they ate? No. So the only thing that changed was the eggs after the workout. Yeah. But I mean, everything else around eating the eggs. Yeah. So, and again, look, this is like sleep. Like some of these guys could have been affected by sleep and so, yeah. you know, like there's a lot that goes into it. So you can't just say the eggs are the best thing that done it. But I just found that it's interesting because a lot of people only eat the whites. Yeah. Because they think they're, but there's so much, it's sort of like there's a lot of things out there that people only eat half of the vegetable or this part of the meat or whatever it is because they think, you know, it's better for them. But Generally, when things come like this, it's better off you eat the whole thing because it works together. Yeah, it was produced like that. Nature produced it like that for a reason, right? Yeah. So um, they also dive into a lot more on what the people eating the whole eggs experienced. So cholesterol is a big one. So a lot of people like eggs are bad for you because it raises your cholesterol, but it raises your um, LDL, which is... Sorry, no. HDL, which is the good cholesterol and lowers the LDL. Yeah, which is the bad one. So it raises a good cholesterol and lowers a bad cholesterol, mm. which people don't realize there's good and bad cholesterols. Um, Anti-inflammatory effects. So eating the whole egg compared to the whites, so the whole egg actually has anti-inflammatory effects on your body. Mm which is, I, I found quite interesting because, um, you know, it's, it's obviously a good source of protein. And um, eating the whole egg, um, I can't pronounce that word, but gives you higher antioxidants and anti-inflammatory properties. So, so it fights off things like cancer and free radicals that cause disease, really? Yeah, eating the whole egg yeah. rather than just the white. So, yeah. Yeah, you get all these benefits from eating the whole egg. They're safe. And um, it's just 
um, it would be cool to see somebody out there that's listening to try eating three whole eggs instead of having a protein shake after a um, a workout. A workout. <laughs> yeah, it's funny that people like why people. I know that the yolk has fat in it, so people went through this stage of like fat is bad, fat is high in calories. I don't want to eat too much fat, yada yada. But like you said, you take out the yolk and there goes half the protein anyway. And also the yolk is the part that the baby chicken, the embryo is developed from. Like that's the part that gets fertilized. So it has all the nutrients, all of the enough nutrients to grow a literal organism, to grow something that lives and breathes Mm. like, and then we just throw it in the bin. I'm pretty sure I did a social media post on that exact thing. Like stop throwing your egg yolks in the bin because they are so good for you. So good. And, um, Damn it. I cook your eggs is what I was going to add. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, don't swap your protein shake for like a raw egg shake. I'm going to say most people can't digest raw eggs. Obviously, there's going to be some people out there that can, but most people can't digest raw eggs. So Why would you eggs. want to anyway? Because Rocky did it and he oh, was really geez. strong and caught. <laughs> I don't think I could swallow it, to be honest. I've tried a couple of times and it just, yeah. It's not, it's not worth it. So the benefits you get from the egg, you get it when you cook it. Yeah. Because um, it actually changes the protein makeup in the egg so your body can actually digest it. Otherwise, it'll just go straight through you. Like most foods, most foods need to be cooked. Yeah. Um, cooked is better. Cool. Is that all the fun things that you've brought today? Yeah, I just thought that was cool. Um, if you do try the eggs, Instead of protein shake, do let, let us know. I'd love to keep tabs on it and see how you go and see if it, you feel any different, that sort of stuff. Yeah, make notes as you go because you forget. Yep. Listen to questions then? Let's do it. Okay. First question is, how this is ironic actually, I did not plan this, how to gain muscle. Currently training four days a week in the gym, female, weigh, I weigh 67 kilos and I'm eating roughly 1,800 calories. Do you want to go first? Um, yeah, I'd prioritize protein. Obviously, add some eggs in. <laughs> um, for I would say, I'll, how about I address the calories and then you can go yeah. with the training. Yeah. So, I weigh between anywhere between 67 and 70 kilos. And 1,800 calories for me would be a cut would be a deficit. Massive deficit. So like I would increase your calories to like 2,500, 2,600 even, depending on how active you are around training, like for weight training sessions and then maybe you walk and stuff. I don't really know. But at least 2,500 calories, I would say. And then mm. obviously make try and make protein your main priority for meals and snacks like if you can snack on protein i think it makes a humongous difference just to get that little bit extra in um yeah yeah that would be my first two things to change um and i'll just pick you back on that like um it's hard it's it's easy telling guys to eat more it's very hard to tell females to eat more because they're scared they're going to bulk up Mm -hmm. or you know get fat or get heavier, whatever you want to say. But if you consistently eat the right amount of calories, and again, that's different for everybody. That's a whole nother topic. 
But if you consistently eat at maintenance calories, then you will look better, feel better, have more energy, you'll drop that body fat, you'll increase muscle mass. You'll be able to lift heavier in the gym so you'll get better results. Yeah. Um, if you're in that much of a deficit, your body's gonna fluctuate all the time, especially with body weight or body fat and energy. So like, if you're eating 1800 calories, I'm sure there's a day or two out of the week where you're blowing out and having 3000 mm -hmm. because you're gonna give in to certain things because you're in such a small calorie deficit. Um, so it's like that spike up and spike down and your body's gonna put on weight, take it off, hold more water, then get rid of it, and it's just all over the place. So you, there's nothing consistent about it. So yeah, all I'd say is bring up the calories and be consistent with it for two to three weeks and then see where you're at and then maybe bring it back down from there. No, she try, she's trying to build to gain muscle. Oh, yeah. State maintenance, see how you go off maintenance and then if you need to increase your calories, but I'm gonna say if you go from 1800 up to maintenance, your body's going to be like shit yeah we can build some muscle now, yeah even at maintenance and i would also say try and prioritize like sleep mm, and definitely. even just rest days yeah. if you're trying to build muscle because it is very physically demanding and you do need like a lot of sleep for your muscles to actually repair and build themselves strength and size wise most of the muscle building programs i write for clients are three days for beginners and four days for advanced so yep. you're only advanced once you've been doing three days for at least two years okay three years so and that three days is more than enough to build muscle if you're doing any more it's almost at the risk you're doing too much and you won't build muscle mm -hmm. um, building muscle is very hard it's not an easy thing so three days a week and then like trigger sessions and that off on your off days and that sort of thing, but only three days of heavy lifting and targeted workouts to build muscle. And so just, just make it clear what the type of workouts, because she, um, she only said to me training four days a week in the gym. So do you want to just clarify what three days a week in the gym should look like if you're trying to build muscle? Yeah, I, I would do three days of full body workouts. So... Um, Let's say Monday, Wednesday, Friday, you'd do a big compound lift on each day. So Monday would be squats. Um, Wednesday would be bench press and Friday would be deadlift. And then you'd do other accessories. So push and pull exercises. So um, whether it's a push up and a pull up or those things. And then you're just sort of targeting every, making sure you're working every single muscle and every single muscle group, if that makes sense. Um, but but Bigger exerciser at the top, so your big compound ones like your back squats, bench press, shoulder press, pull-ups, and then as the workout progresses, you're getting into smaller groups. So then you'd go to a delt exercise or a bicep curl or a calf raise, just targeting the little muscles as your body will obviously fatigue through the workout. Yeah, and not necessarily like cardio of any, like high intensity cardio of any No, definitely not. Um, again, that would be for more advanced people, and I'd put, probably put that into an advanced program. But when you're first starting out for the first two years, three days a week, just obviously walking, still staying active on your off days, and you know, if you really like running, I'd say a very easy jog, but yeah, minimal cardio, 
but in saying that, you're still walking 30 to 40 minutes every single day. Yeah, just not high, high intensity. Yeah, you're not doing high intensity interval training or CrossFit or anything like that. Yeah, Most sweet. Pe- yeah, you can't build muscle doing that sort of stuff. Most people can't anyway. Okay, the other, the other question that I brought along is complete opposite, which is why am I not losing weight on 1,200 calories? Because you're not eating enough. Well, I yeah. I mean, 1,200 calories... That's right, keep going. Luna's just walking around <laughs> crying for some reason. 1,200 calories is... I would first ask, why are you eating 1,200 calories? Like, why did you choose that? It's probably way too low. The second question I would ask is, are you actually eating 1,200 calories? Mm. Like, are you... How accurately are you tracking your calories? Are you tracking your calories seven days a week? Are you weighing your food? Are you just guesstimating? Are you... I don't know. There's like a lot of... Are you just having little sneaky snacks? Like, I'll just have a couple of almonds. That's 400 calories. Drinking your calories. Oh, yeah. I'll just... How many people drink their calories? Like... I'll get a latte and I forget to put that in. That's 170 calories. Like... People have like two or three lattes a day or an energy drink or something like that. And for just... And that's a thousand calories right there. Yeah. And then, so... Yeah, why are you is it why are you eating them? Are you tracking them even closely? And then I would say well, yeah, the, the, it's probably too low. For anyone to function well, it's too low of a number. But also, are you eating enough protein? Like mm. if you're eating 1200 calories, like it should almost be just 1200 calories of protein mm. to get enough protein into your diet and you need like I feel like people underestimate like the importance of protein when they're trying to lose weight because you need protein to maintain any muscle that you might have and support like all of your ligaments, joints, brain function, everything. Yeah, I was going to say that. So 1,200 is almost borderline um, starving yourself. Yeah. Like for any metric of measurement, 1,200 is you're in phantom. So... Famine. Famine. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you get, you're starving yourself. So you, you you need to prioritize protein. So your brain is made of protein, all your organs. So the thing is, all them are going to take priority over the food you put in. Your body's not going to give a fuck what you look like. So you need to fuel your body properly so it can function properly and then add in the rest or do whatever you need to do so then it looks the way you want it to look. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, I'd say increase calories straight away. And also, if you are in a calorie deficit and you're trying to lose weight and you can't lose weight, uh, I think like focusing, spending some time working on sleep and focusing on the amount of sleep makes a massive difference in your ability to lose weight because you need time to rest and digest and recover and have enough energy. Like you're not eating as much calories as you need to function like you're eating less that's the whole point of a calorie deficit so you need to prioritize sleep so that you get energy from somewhere so that you can still train and exercise and function well through the day so i i I don't know i feel like sleep's neglected when people are trying to lose weight yeah 100 percent um and that's like yeah i say increase your calories but i'm assuming they've just focused on everything else like sleep water yeah all that sort of stuff like um and that's like if they are trying to lose weight like yeah like let's not worry about your calories like you said like what else are you focusing on yeah if everything else is up the shit then the it doesn't matter what calories you eat yeah well it does to a certain extent but 
yeah, you can have much more success eating the stuff you want to eat, but being healthy in other ways. Exactly. Cool. That's it. Awesome. Thanks again, everybody, for tuning in. Sorry about the pitter-patters that are happening right at the end here. Um, but we will see you all in the next episode. If you haven't realized yet that these are on YouTube, you can watch some of them. Some of them are just voiceovers on videos, but there is that option there to watch them now as well. So enjoy, and we'll talk to you all next week. Bye.